when you know that's a priority and that's what I want to say yes to, it makes everything else easier to say no to. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Laura is a wife and mama to 10 amazing people. She's the founder of Mama Systems, a coaching business that helps mamas bring peace to their homes through systems so they can be intentional with their people and show up as the best mama possible. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relational Parenting Podcast. We are here this week with Laura Hernandez from Mama Systems. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys. We are so excited to have you. Yeah. Say hello, Papa Rick. Well, hello. I said (laughs) woohoo. Oh. Yeah. Hi. It's Um, so good to see you. Yeah, so our so Laura, our guest this week, is here to chat about um, these system, all these systems you came up with. I think every parent out there knows that it takes a lot to raise children, whether you have one or ten, like you have, oh my Lord, and. Yeah. And in order to keep things running and to make our environment less chaotic, um, it helps to have some tips and tricks and systems in place. Um, and it sounds like, Laura, you have quite quite the system in place. So you have 10 children total. Is that correct? That's right. All kinds of ages, it looks like, from the pictures on the website. Yeah. Our oldest yeah. is 17 and our youngest is four. So we kind of have a wide range of, of people in our home. Yeah. And you guys, what, what started you? Was it, was organization and system something that you were already, like you already were interested in before you even had kids? Or was it something that was like sparked from the necessity of having, after having children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a combination of both. I think I've always liked things orderly and neat and, yeah. In their place. Right. Yeah. I've always tended to be like that. I can think of times when I was a kid that that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once, you know, after we had, we had four kids and then I felt like I was doing great. You know, I really like had it down, really had the mom thing down. And then we had our fifth biological and we moved across the country to adopt three. And wow. hmm. so, and like six months we went from four kids to eight kids in a different state. And like all these, all these different things that were like, so unraveling to me and just felt so unsettling. We were in a rental house. We purchased this house. We're remodeling it and it felt chaotic. And I was finally like, we got to, I was just living in survival mode, you know, we just got to get to the end of the day. If I can get everybody in bed, we're like really killing it. Right. But that's like a long time to just keep everybody alive. And so I finally said, we got to figure out something. We got to do something. I can't live like this forever. And that's when I really started like searching hard for systems that worked for us and everything that was out there. There wasn't anything that worked for our very large family that had special needs kids where some were going to school somewhere. We're homeschooling some, like Mm. we were just all over the map and nobody had anything for families that were all over the map like we were. And so started the process of trying to figure out like what's really important to us, what really matters, how can we implement that and make that a priority. And kind of that process I walked through is now what I get to help other moms walk through because no system, like all my systems aren't going to work for you and your sweet new baby when when it comes. Like we're just we're different. We're all different. Our husbands are different. Our jobs are different. Our schedules, our kids, like everything about it. And so that customization is kind of where the exciting part comes in because it's like a puzzle. Yeah. When you're explaining the system, you have to, you have to understand the underlying principle before you can adapt it. You know, it's like, here's why we're doing this. What does that look like Mm -hmm. in your completely unique system? That's similar to mine, but not precisely the same. Yeah. That's cool. That sounds, that sounds like it could keep you busy. (laughs) It does. It's really fun. (laughs) Well, and, and, 
Yeah. Like you mentioned val you know, values, what's important to us, because when you looked at all the other systems out there, you know, maybe you could like pick a couple or one from here or there, but you guys had to really sit down and go, what are our values? What matters to us? What do we need to organize? And like, this is our schedule and this is like each kid has their own needs. Um, and it's, that's hard when you have one, two, three, four kids, like, you know, trying to do that with 10, like you're, I would have to guess you're like a master organizer at this point, but, um, but, (laughs) but, um, but going back to that values, that values based and, and being able to customize, um, your systems for anyone, I think is super important and super valuable. Yeah. And I think so often as moms, we live such reactionary lives. We're just kind of going from thing yeah. to thing. Yeah. Um, we as individuals in life, really, not just mm-hmm. moms. But sure. It's so easy to just kind of deal with the next problem as it comes. But really that leads to chaos in us and chaos in our home and chaos with our kids. And so having that plan in place is, it's just beautiful and sweet and how it all works itself out. I'm not saying things are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Like we know crap's going to happen and we know these things, but I at least know I have a plan for like talking about priorities. One of the things I, or people of faith and one of the things I'd be like, yes, this is the most important thing. And you would come into my house and you'd be like, I don't see that at all. How is it important to you? Like just totally missing the boat on it, you know? And so when you know that's a priority and that's what I want to say yes to, it makes everything else easier to say no to. There you go. There you mm. go. Priorities is important. It takes me back to like uh, farm families, you know, farm uh, people on the prairies would have large families, right? You know, it was kind of a, a business unit. And that and that requires a certain amount of, uh, that requires a system of some kind so that everybody knows what they're doing. You know, any organization, any intentionality you can bring into the system on purpose instead of being reactionary that, that you know that pays uh, dividends down the road you know that that comes back with interest because there's going to be a lot of interruptions with 10 12 people in a room and yeah yeah, yeah good for good for you bring i'm anxious to learn how you bring order to all that with 10 kids yeah so with your you know, now once you decided, you know, we need these systems, we're putting them in place. Um, do you feel like you true, you truly are a lot less reactionary around the home? And do you feel like that has affected your parenting? A million percent. Hmm. Yeah. I think that an example I often give and this, this may seem like a little much to throw this out there, but to show you that we don't have it all together in our home. We're not all walking around like with little halos over our head, right? We're mm-hmm. working on the work. Normal people, yeah. Huh. Um, so often people are like, oh, you must be so organized and so patient. So and I'm like, oh, I'm also a human, so thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you this story. But yeah. with our with our three that have, um, I don't know if I said this on the recording yet, but our three adopted buddies all have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And that is a very hard disorder to live with. And there's a lot of aggression. There's a lot of, they feel chaotic and it comes out on everyone and everything. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that, especially with that going on in our home, having these systems in place, like having a laundry day and knowing laundry is going to get taken care of and knowing I have a meal for t- that night. And I know that like, I have all these things in place when something goes down, like let's just say a child threw a brick through a window, just wow. saying might happen. That happens. I can stop and go like really deal with the issue and not, mm. I mean, I, there's part of me that's like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like there's a part that's chaotic, right? right? I get that. We just broke glass all over the place, but then I'm able to go figure out what's going on with him and really connect with him and relationally attach and try to make that better and try to heal whatever is whatever stirred up in him that's causing him to act that way, mm-hmm. we're able then to communicate on that level. And it takes it out of, Oh my gosh, I have so much to do right now. I've got to go cook dinner. Nice. I've, got to, like, I've got to go start laundry. I've got to go. Like, yeah. All those to-do lists. It's like, no, it's okay. Those are going to wait. And that's okay. They're, like I've, they're not all got waiting that. for your fingers to make it happen. You've got people. Nice. Yes. Nice. That's it. 
That's so, I think that's such a huge part of um, what gets in the way or what can get in the way of, you know, this either relational parenting, intentional parenting, people call it a lot of things, um, is the, is that chaos, is that react reactionary, uh, way of living. And I, I mean, we all do it. We all slip into it at some point during our days, weeks, and months together, because like you said, we're human, but I think living part of like what you've created with mama systems is, is intention. You've, you've created a very intentional environment for your home. And so when something does go wrong, it's like, well, your body, right? Cause we go into a physiological response when we react like that. So it's physiological and then it's emotional and then it comes out verbally. Um, when your body and your mind know that there are systems in place and everything's going to get done and you can rely on one another, if something goes wrong, then you are, your nervous system's literally more capable of like taking a deep breath and just dealing with the present moment without feeling like you have to rush through it or dismiss your child and just go to your room. I'm cooking dinner. I can't deal with you right now. Um, yeah, I love, I love this. And I think, I think that having some semblance of systems going on in the household can contribute greatly to, um, to an intentional family and and a relational household. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I think that often people ask, like, what is, what's a system? Like, what are you talking about? And exactly. I kind of see it as, like, anything that we can take off our plate mentally, like, mm-hmm. to lessen that decision fatigue so that we can show up and be our best selves with our kids. Exactly. Because um, it's all those decisions, all those things, all throughout the day that you're just, um, by bedtime, I'm done. And, like, I can't handle any of your fits. I can't handle uh, You're just done, right? But yeah. if you've had... 10, I mean, we make something like 50,000 decisions a day. So right. I don't know, but if we like can lessen that by 10,000 and we know what, what we're going to wear on Monday morning and we know like how groceries are going to get to our house and we don't have to make all those decisions like while we're at the grocery store, but we have things in place to take that off our plate. We have yeah. kids helping in the house. We've built this team mentality. Oh my goodness. Like it's so, it's just so much, so freeing and so much lighter. And so I, that's why I'm like the biggest I'm just the biggest fan of systems. I realize it sounds really cheesy and really corny, but I, they've brought me so much life just that I'm able to show up and like connect with my people. No, it's great. You found that they teach that kind of stuff in the military leadership where you boil, yeah, you boil your principles down so that when things do go crazy, when the bombs start to fall or whatever your particular situational chaos Mm -hmm. is that decisions are easier to make. Okay. When we're doing this, we need these three things. What are these three things? You're not trying to boil it all down in the moment, you know, it sounds like you've come on the same kind, (coughs) come upon the same kind of thing yourself, developed it yourself. So yay, yay for you. That's in the midst of all the chaos coming up with the system of systems. That's great. That's That's phenomenal. I think that decision fatigue and overwhelm are probably two of the most common words I hear come out of mom's mouths. Usually moms, not going to lie. I'm yeah. sure dads feel it too, but it's usually moms that I hear it from. And, and we all experience decision fatigue, no matter like whether you have kids or not, everybody is like you said, I think it's like 50 or 60,000 decisions a day or something. Um, and so anything that you can systematize so that you're not having to constantly make that decision all the time, um, would be a huge help. But something else that you said is that you've created a household of teamwork. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our, that's one of our biggest principles here with relational parenting is that it's not, we don't want to set up the family as mom and dad versus the kids or mom and mom or dad and dad, or, you know, whatever your family looks like, but, um, parents versus kids, parents as in kids. like, we're yeah. trying to like everything falls on the parents' shoulders and you've just got to get the kids to do what you need them to do all day, every day. Um, and you're constantly managing behaviors and or fixing something. Um, but creating this house, this household of teamwork where the kids have input and the kids, um, help and they have responsibilities of their own and things like that. So I'm curious, I'm curious what, um, 
is that something that you guys started like from the get go, you knew that's what you wanted to do when you started a family? Or is that something that came along later as you started to, to systematize things? I think that I, I read this book called Cleaning House by Kay Wyma, and she's a lovely lady. Um, and she talks about this 12-month experiment that she did with her kids and teaching them how to do things so that when they left the house, they knew how to throw a party. They knew how to do their laundry. Like She's like, I don't even know if they know how to wash their Hospitality. sheets. Hospitality. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Things like that that you're like, oh, okay. I've never thought to teach my kids that, but I do want them to know that. And so that just kind of got the wheels turning a little bit of like wanting to give them more responsibility in our home. Sure. Um, and I think that it really became more necessary when, when we had so many little people, mm-hmm. um, right. so we, had four, and we had five kids, four and under all in diapers and it was a lot. And oh, so wow. yeah, we had our, our big kind of like quoting our big kids who were eight, six and five at the time. Those were our big kids our big helpers. Um, and they were, they each had a buddy team that they were responsible for. And this is not like we put our five-year-old in charge of parenting. Do not hear me say that, please. Oh, that's another <laughs> but, one of our favorite words. That's Yeah, good. Yeah. So, like, no, but when we're leaving the house, I need you to help me find Andrew's shoes. Like, that's important. Mm, and yeah. that's just one less thing. So they're helping in that process, right? And so yeah. the, it's just kind of narrowed down for them of who they're helping get out the door and who they're helping buckle in in the car. Yeah. So, again, that's not a decision I have to make. And we don't have to argue about it because expectations have been set. And so that's kind of led to like, okay, well, what do I want my kids to be like when they leave the house? What, what yeah. do I want them to know how to do? I what want them I to know how to clean up the room. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, I think we've all had those roommates that are uh, less than wonderful to live with. I don't know how diplomatic. Yes. I had a roommate one time where I opened the cabinets and there was a bowl of cereal and milk in there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? Just, 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 it's like, and yeah. I think she probably had ADD and <clears throat> lovely, lovely, lovely lady. I just, there were things like that where I was like, what's going on here? Like, why do yeah. we, so I don't want my kids to be the roommate that other people are like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is my main goal in life is to raise a roommate that people aren't regretting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not really. Exactly. But, I do want them to know how to be good roommates because they are going to be living with, I mean, not only in our home, but when they get married, when they go off to college, like all these things that they're going to be living yeah. with other people. And if you want to have relationships, yeah, here's some not to do's, you know, don't leave your cereal mm-hmm. leaving yes. around, lay, laying around in a cabinet. <laughs> to rot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah, best to teach them intentionally that. like you're doing, you know, to, to have that in mind, you know, when you're talking, when you're dealing with them. That's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great goal. That's a great priority. Yeah. So those are things we call roommate responsibilities in our house. And okay. um, they're like in the morning and in the, in the evening, everybody has a roommate responsibility. And that typically looks like in the morning, you're getting yourself dressed and you're like, we very early on are like, you're getting yourself dressed. Like at age two, we, you can, you can do this. You can put on your pants. Here's how we do it. Sit Picking down, out your own clothes and stuff. Huh? Okay, cool. Yeah. Which, you know, if y'all looked at some pictures, you'd be like, yeah, they clearly pick out their own clothes, right? Absolutely. Um, they put on things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, but I don't have the energy to fight that. Like that's not a battle I'm going yeah. to fight. So that's yeah. what their friends are for. You know, yeah, so taking care of themselves, eating breakfast, putting their bowl in the sink, brushing their teeth, like little things like that, that you're like, no, I just want you to know how to do that. You need to get up and do that. And then at the end of the day is kind of where that teamwork mentality comes in. And for us, it looks like five o'clock jobs is what we call it in our home because we have an alarm go off at five o'clock. And this is partly because I will sometimes forget that I need to cook dinner for everybody. Just, it'll just, the day will go and it'll be like six or seven. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't fed anybody and it's time for bed. And what are we doing here? And I need to go make dinner. And so that five o'clock alarm just kind of helps me stay on track with our day. Yeah. And that's a system. That's one thing. One last thing you don't have to remember. What to expect. Yeah. Everybody else is, has the job that they're in charge of. And so they're supposed to make their lunch and lay out their clothes um, so they have a job to get ready for the next day, whatever that entails for that kid. And then to help with dinner. So that could be watching the baby while I'm cooking or setting out silverware. Like even our, we had a two-year-old 
he would go and put forks on the table and he loved it. Like he loved being a part of the team because he had a job and that yeah. felt important to him. Yes. Think starting them so early is so great. Um, say that again. Say it again. Raise them up for That's right. Yeah, because they get to, like, it's just what we do in our home. Like, yeah. there's no questions about it. This is the expectation that you're a Hernandez and you're going to act like a Hernandez. And we're going to be a team and we're going to do this. So getting ready for the next day, helping get ready for dinner. And then everybody has a zone that they're in charge of. And this is one of the fun things. I really feel like this has helped with the team mentality because regardless of if you made the mess in the living room, if your zone is the living room, I expect you to clean the living room. Like we're uh, okay. ownership. I don't care that you didn't make it a mess. Yeah. Like we're looking out for each other. She's over there cleaning up a mess that she didn't make. Right. Like, so yeah. we're all doing this together. We all have jobs and they may not seem fair, but we all have jobs and we're going to do them and we're going to show up, you know? That so. is great. That's great for life going forward. You know, you're always cleaning up somebody else's mess in life. You know? Yeah. And not happy about it. Get used to it. But you yeah. do it anyway. Someday you'll get paid for it more. <laughs> well, and even in like your like when you have your own household or, you know, roommates, unfortunately, or you get married, <laughs> you know, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of of prevention of unnecessary, you know, squabbling if you walk into a living situation knowing that you may be cleaning up someone else's mess every once in a while mm -hmm. and that they are going to clean up yours. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, couples fight over who does the dishes more, who does this, who left this and, you know, socks on the floor and this, you know, and so, so many little like squabbles specifically in romantic relationships can be avoided if we're if we're both contributing to picking up each other's messes when we have the time and of course not making the messes unnecessarily but we are human and we we do those things and so I think I love the zone I love all of this but the zone thing I think I have only very recently learned about that um as a tactic for when you have kids um making the chore part of the chore list, obviously ha it has to be age appropriate for each individual child, but then putting, putting, um, someone in the family, however many people are in your family in charge of one area of the house. And then it like the one, the thing that I read was like that it rotates then like every week week. Um, so like I might be in charge of the bathrooms one week and my husband might be in charge of the kitchen for one week. And then any kids that we have, you know, someone's in charge of the living room, someone's in charge of the dining room, someone's in charge of their bedroom or whatever. And then the, the thing is that you just tell them like, anytime you see that there is a mess, it's your responsibility to tidy that room. And, and that takes the burden off of the parents to constantly be scanning the environment for things that might need cleaned up or put back or whatever. And then having to pick a child to ask or coerce or convince into cl like cleaning it up or arguing, you know, all of the things that can go into that. And it puts the accountability on the child and that accountability can be taught at such a young age yeah. that I don't think people realize often. The accountability. Uh, and, and it makes them feel, it makes them feel like you said, your two-year-old putting forks yes. on the table. It makes them feel powerful and included and team. like they're contributing. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's great. You get both sides of it. It's not just a, Hey, I told you to do that last week and you didn't do it. It's a like, Hey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're all doing this. Uh, you forgot or whatever. And make, you know, the, you get the responsibility, you get the, you get the good feeling from being, helping the team out, doing your part as well is the accountability. That's very cool. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing whenever, when everything's working as it should, you know, oh. I do, if I can recommend that yeah. we not switch jobs all the time, like on that week okay. basis. Because what I've found with moms is that I, I think if it's just between you and your spouse and you're switching who does the kitchen, who does the bathrooms, awesome. But I think when you're getting kids involved, then you are now in charge of figuring that out, switching out jobs, 
moving the chore wheel, doing the yeah. revising, rotating. Sure. Yeah. And then I go into the living room. I'm like, wait, who's in charge of it this week? And what am I, what? Mm. Right. You know, that was me last week. So what are you in charge? Like, it's just so much. And yeah. you're having all these conversations about it. And then, no, I did that last week. You, I don't, there's arguing in, amongst sure. yeah. parents and amongst kids about things not being fair and how. Fairness. You know, yeah. Oh. Um, just all the things. And so if we can just set it once and say like, hey, your job is this and leave it. So yes. I know when I walk into the living room, if there are blankets and pillows on the floor, Sam, you please come tidy up the living room. Like done. Yeah. That's it. I know it's Sam. That expectation perfect. you set where, where uh, yeah, I know maybe it is sometimes not perfectly fair. Things are not in perfect balance. There's some, you know, you have to learn to play around and if it gets way too unfair, that's fine, you know, but sometimes it's not perfectly fair. That's not that's not for discussion. That's not the goal here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, one of the things I've heard and what I kind of believed when I was wanting to do that and switch out things, I'm like, well, I want them to all know how to clean the toilets. So we're going to switch that out yeah. every week. Like, hmm. you want your kids to know these things, but there are seasons where you can train them in those things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there are seasons when you can switch things up. Yeah. And But I think just the switching on a weekly basis make it confusing for them expectation wise yeah. for you. And then the system gets dropped because it became too complicated yeah. Yeah. and yeah. too hard to manage. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great tip. Mine was, I just like anecdotally watched a video. So this is good though <laughs> to like, because you've been doing it for a long time. Right. Um, well, she, she had some wonderful, like I'm, it, that may be working in her home and maybe she has the bandwidth to do that, but <laughs> you're like, I don't <laughs> the I can just take off my plate. Got to match our bandwidths. Yeah. That's a good thought. Love it. So what, um, what is your favorite system that you have come up with in your own home? I think that five o'clock jobs is my favorite. Yeah simply because it is that teamwork mentality. I think I used to go from being in the kitchen, like annoyed that the house was a disaster after I cleaned it all day. The house is a mess. They were watching TV. I asked somebody to help and then I get arguing. Like there's just something about that that just fires me up and then makes me in there. I'm like (laughs) eating eggs, ticked off and whatever. But if I am making dinner and we don't have the TV on and people are helping and they're being a part of the team, there's just something beautiful and peaceful and wonderful about that. Yeah. That's so opposite and so polarized from that bitter, angry lady of that I'm doing everything by myself. Changes that your we're role. not doing all together. Changes your role. Yeah, if everybody's mm-hmm. up and moving, and they know they're supposed to be up and moving, you know, and they're kids. Maybe they forget. Maybe it's not perfect, but that's a real family. That that sound. You know, that's that's a, a great healthy family dynamic. Uh, Wish I'd, where were you when I was 20, 23 having kids? That's that's so great. I think you did okay. Wish I'd have known. Wish I'd have known. <laughs> um, I lost what I was going to say, but I, uh, it came back. So the I love the five o'clock alarm um, because it it's it's just it's like a. Um, it's just a signal to the whole family. Oh, it's five o'clock at five o'clock. This is what we do. Um, so there's no, like, there's no arguing. There's no room for negotiating. There's like the whole family is doing this thing at five and, and that, and there's like, that's part of teamwork too. Um, just like if you're, you play a sport in high school, you know, everybody's running laps together. Everybody's doing like, everybody's doing the sucky part of practice together. Um, you know, and everyone's doing the chores at 5 PM and, and I, it also, the other piece of what you said is that, that bitterness that we did, um, an episode on mom rage a long time ago. And because again, more often than not, um, it's the women in the home who are handling the mental load. Uh, and they're the ones scanning the environment and seeing the 800 million things that need to get done and feeling alone. 
in doing so and feeling like they are the managers of the house and their spouse and kids are like their little delegating employees Mm -hmm. that they have to constantly be keeping track of and assigning things to. Um, and that can be, that can feel so lonely. Right. And then eventually turn into like bitterness or resentment. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you become, not your best self and you become more reactive and more resentful and, and angry towards your kids and, and all of these things. And I think that another beautiful part of this, of systematizing your household, um, is that it's, it takes the pressure off of you, the mom or the parent or whoever, you know, whoever's carrying that load most of the time, um, it, it delegates it once and then you don't have to keep track of it anymore. Ideally, you know, it's not a perfect world, but you don't have to hover. Yeah. To make sure it gets done. But then you've got people in the house who understand how much work it takes to run this household and how, how many things there are going on all the time. And then you raised little humans who grow up to be big humans who go out into the world and know how to manage and contribute instead of expecting things to just be done for them. Um, I mean, I've, I like go back to the roommate thing. I lived with, I, I subleased, I think for like three or four years. Um, back in my twenties. And I mean, I, I had them all, I had all the roommates. I had wonderful roommates and I had horrible roommates. I had to evict people. I mean, but I mean, there are people in this world who, who grow up and they, they haven't, they didn't learn anything, you know? And and they just sit around and their, their bedroom just becomes like a trash pit because they never had to clean their own room or take out the trash or anything. And they literally, they don't see it. That's the insane thing is they, they don't even see it. Like you say like, Hey, like there's trash everywhere in, the, in your room. And they're just like, huh? Like, what? <laughs> like, how do you, they because care. they, they, but you, you'd think like 3d reality, everyone can see there's trash on the floor. Right. Yeah. But, but they can't. Not everyone can, and it's like it's just insane to me um, because they just ignored it their whole life yeah. because someone would come along and do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great, uh, not to get too far off track, but that's I guess what I do. The there's a great YouTube video out there of a guy sitting on the couch and and telling his girlfriend about this magic table he's got where he he takes his clothes and he throws things on the magic table and poof, they end up in his drawers cleaned and folded, you know, and his, his wife is about to start beating on him. It's yeah. Be, uh, that can happen if we don't, if we're not trained from a young age and don't, and don't grow a little bit as we go. I've been, I've been guilty of the letting, uh, letting as a bachelor in a bachelor pad, letting trash pile up myself. Mm. It's uh that's very true. She's totally judging you right now. She, she, is, I, she was describing me. We were making eye contact there. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Purposefully. I was, I was thinking of someone out here in Colorado. Yeah. I had forgotten about your tendency. I was depressed, to let... I was depressed and, and that kind of yeah. stuff too. But yeah, I've had roommates like that too. Working, uh, used to work, go away for weeks at a time to work and we'd be in hotels together with people you worked with, not necessarily oh, people wow. you knew, you know, and you'd find out who would leave their stinky socks laying around on the counters and stuff. It was, roommating is a good education and it's, and this kind of stuff prepares you to get out there and I don't know, relate, be part of the, be part of the system. You know, your, your kids are going to be terrors when they go out there and reorganize the world, you know, the families, the, the, the fallout from what you're sending out into the world is just fantastic. You know, you're going to affect millions of people over the next three or four generations. Well, I hope that's the case. Yeah. yeah. That sounds amazing. I fear like I, that's what part of it is like, I see all these entitled kids 
that everything should be just given to me and done for me. And yeah. I shouldn't have to pay yeah. for college education. And of course the government should, re- well, yeah. I'll back it up there because I probably shouldn't jump on that, but <laughs> that's all right. It'd be good for comments. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. I just said that on here. That's, right. um, that's okay. <laughs> I just feel like there's the, the generation that's like coming out into the world. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like everything can't be done for you. Yeah. Like we've got to, we've got to be responsible for ourselves and our actions yeah. aren't, ourselves like my goodness gracious so mm-hmm. that gets me all fired up we that, uh, can change this no no I'm no sorry. that's good that sounds good to me i don't know where jenny wants the conversation to go but i remember having an experience taking going to visit my first kid in college in a dorm full of early 20s kids sitting around and kind of and being appalled at how they were behaving when on their own you know it's like you guys should know how to behave better than this in a in your own tribe you know and uh, uh and it's only I don't expect much from college age people well uh, maybe that's part of the point but still they are, you know, when i like, was a kid college yeah. students are, are often just drinking and acting like idiots because they're on their own for the first time yeah i was i was amazed was it because you were in the room? You were shocked that they were acting like that with like an adult in the room. No, it was a it was a, a real adult. <laughs> it, was, it was a big. Uh, it was like wings of a dorm, and there was a big common area, and you could see eight or ten rooms and what was going on, and and it was just like it was like walking into a nursery school where the where the teachers were mm-hmm. off having a meeting, and the kids were just you know guys whiz by on skateboards, and it's like oh my god, I expected better of a bunch of young gentlemen <laughs> not in a college dorm that was yeah it was not like my college dorm but we were we were not exactly model citizens but we were quieter anyway <laughs> not so much stuff no but i i really i actually love this topic laura because i and we've we kind of dabble in it in our last few episodes actually mm-hmm. we talk about the generational differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a millennial. I, are you a millennial or are you Gen X? I think I'm technically a millennial. I think I was okay. like that. I was in 82. So yeah, there's that border. Oh, you're like on area. that cusp. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I don't feel like I am by any stretch of the imagination, but technically I am. So. I know. Yeah. And then my dad is a boomer, like, but barely. I like, and, I like the boomer. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we do, that's one of the great things about this podcast is we get to talk about across generations, like how things have changed. And I think that from the boomer age where it was children are to be seen and not heard Mm -hmm. or not speak unless spoken to, Mm -hmm. to Gen Z, where now it's like, everything I say is important (laughs) and everyone should listen to me. Like we're on this podcast, we're trying to find this like middle ground. And I think things are starting to swing back towards a more balanced perspective on parenting um, where, where children are important. Children should need to have a voice. Children need to be respected. Children have big feelings and need to be lovingly walked through and guided through those feelings and acknowledged. Um, But I think that what we lost along the way is that children also need structure and discipline and good role models and leaders and good habits and to learn how to take care of a household, not just be put in front of a TV while someone else takes care of the household Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's, there was a mix, a mix up somewhere along the way where we went from all the way over here and we swung all the way over here. And now we're like, Oh my God, what have we done? (laughs) And we're trying to get back to this, this place in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, one of the reasons that I named what I do relational parenting. Um, it's, it has a lot of similarities to gentle parenting. Um, there's a lot of words, conscious parenting, intentional parenting, mindful parent, like all of the different words. Um, but none of them sat quite right with me until I, until I found the word relational. And for me, relational means the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, like 
like not everything is not rainbows and sunshine and perfect and but every and everything is not terrible and hard all the time um but you can't have one without the other and you have to learn how to navigate both in order to be a whole human being who can function in the world yeah it's like the both and of life yeah yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, thinking about like what you just said, like, yes, connecting with your kids and having that relational conversation and getting the why behind behavior and all of that. And there are consequences to actions. Like, and mm-hmm. there's like, and you have to be respectful. We're going to be respectful in this home and mm-hmm. we're not going to talk to each other that way. And you can't talk to your parents that way. And mm-hmm. so, yes, what you have to say is valuable. And mm-hmm. this other piece, right? So, they're the marrying of the two is the sweet spot where I feel like we really need to be. And it's the hardest spot as mm-hmm. parents. That's the hardest place to be. It'd be a lot easier if we just let our kids do whatever they wanted, or if we just told our kids to shut up all the time and obey. Mm-hmm. That's why Those I like are both much easier. That's why I like this podcast. We, uh, your generation, when I was talking to your friends who had all gathered for your wedding, I was, I was struck by how much, the things they were talking about, mental health and parenting and things that we did not, I did not talk about as we, you know, as part of that generation years ago, their parents would get together and we'd have kids and we would talk about things to do to kids, but we were not really talking about parenting styles and priorities Mm -hmm. and how do we get them to be good citizens later on and know how to be uh, a positive part of a relationship. They were they were different kinds of discussions and it was kind of like, uh, you know, don't spank them. Don't, you know, don't punish kids. Or, uh, my mother used to tell me, put a sweater on, I'm cold. You know, it was just like, do what I tell you <laughs> to do kind of thing, kind of parenting. You can you kind of go authoritarian or the other way. There was very little, what you're talking about, you know, the, the fact that there are pendulum swings between, you know, from as, from generation to generation, you know, you see a bunch of title entitled kids and I always have to go back and say, uh, let me talk to their parents. I'd like to get to know their parents a little bit because they didn't get that way all by themselves, hopefully, you know, unless they were just raised by wolves. Um, and to see how one generation sees how the last couple generations did it. And is, I think the discussion, the fact that you're having the discussion in this generation is a good thing because I think we didn't maybe have those discussions, didn't know how or didn't think of it or whatever um, in prior generations. I have high hopes for you guys changing the world effectively. I guess is where I'm headed. It's nice to hear you have the have the conversations and figure it out. Be willing to say I don't know and talk to people and figure things out. Yeah, hmm. I think we have. I think we have access to a lot more information than you guys did when you were becoming parents. And I think that there's a lot more, there are many more topics that are less taboo. Hmm. And I think people, you know, I think 30 plus 35 to 40 years ago when you started having kids, it, there was probably a lot more like playing your cards close to your chest. There's a lot less vulnerability inside of friend groups. There was Stigma. a lot more surface, surface topic conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think, you know, because of the, the age of information now that we have the World Wide web, I think that more people are aware of more things in it. And that's one thing that we have been given that's positive from that is that we are more exposed to different topics and then able to engage in conversation with one another about them and, and go deeper. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of pitfalls to social media. I was going to say an upside but, of social media, finally, that's not making kids crazy. But um, Laura, you, so you started making these systems just for your own household. What, what brought on the idea for you to create mama systems and to start to teach other people how to do this? 
Yeah. I had a friend who was really struggling with her schedule and she had a kid that was newly diagnosed with some things and she was talking about the doctor's appointments and the therapy appointments and all these things. And I was like, Oh, I got this. Let me come up with a schedule for you. And like, we'll figure it out and we'll figure out who's driving who and when more, you know, all the things. And it was so fun. I had so much fun doing it, like getting all of her information and like putting it all together just because that was easy for me. Right. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. I was, it was easy one and two it was like a finite, like here it is. It's a complete project. Right. Um, and I'm, a three on the Enneagram. So I'm an achiever and I like things done. I like to complete things. And a lot of times parenting is not complete. Like it's not done. It's just forever, forever and ever. And so I really like the idea of like handing somebody a complete system, complete completeness that will have a real effect on them. And you can see the peace that comes from that. And so I just found so much joy in that. And after a few friends, I was like, I think I want to do this. And so I started mama systems from there. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Pray for the application. You... <laughs> you know, and people talk about it. different. Different people have different skills. You know, and you happen to be, you know, a, a very organized and effective at passing it on, teaching it, or you know, applying it. And uh, it just takes all kinds of skills. I guess it goes back to the it takes a village kind of thing. Where we were in my generation, we all were little. Uh, careful about reaching out and revealing we were not the best organizers and not the best at this and not the best at that. And yeah, that ability to come together. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. When we can kind of step into those roles, yeah, like fully in ourselves and realizing who we are and what like we're called to and to be able to share that with others and then to reciprocate that and say, Hey, I'm not great at this. Can you help me with this? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are beautiful things, and they really create a great intimacy between our friendships. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. I think that's something else that's kind of coming coming back around maybe from not even any generation that's sitting here, but just an older way of living life where neighbors helped each other and, and communities were smaller and more Small intimate. Town life, and, yeah. Um, people had different skills and would trade on skills instead of, um, always like just, you know, I mean, hiring a service, you know, that's what we have now, but, but anyway, I think that since 2020, not, I think there've been studies done that since 2020 and the pandemic and so many businesses shutting down and, um, and things people had to find a lot of people had to find a new way of, of contributing to the world, um, and earning an income. And a lot of, of people, there's a skyrocket in entrepreneurs all over the place. And I don't know, I don't know what year you started mama systems, but, um, but I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that I talk to and, and, and have relationships with now are they, the pandemic forced them to pause and look at their life and they met whether they got laid off or their office shut down for a while. It forced people to kind of be like, look around and be like, Oh, we need, like we need each other. And, and also like, am I actually doing something that I care about or could I live a more happy, satisfied, fulfilling life doing something that I love and look at my own skills and how can I contribute to the world in the highest, best way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's a reemergence of entrepreneurship, but entrepreneurship based on community and giving back and Your helping each other. What's my, what's my place in this group of people I find myself in? What do I have to contribute? Yeah. Yeah, it started in 2018, so it's before the pandemic. But um, I do think it's a beautiful, like even in our friend group of like seeing this need and being like, "Oh, I can help with that. I know how to. I know how to serve you in that way." And that's not only life giving for me, but it's life giving for them too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the body. Hmm. So you, oh, I just had another question and it just disappeared. that baby it's the miracle it is she's stealing everything she, is. <laughs> she steals my You're brain loading, loading her <laughs> little brain up you know grabbing a thought when it goes yeah. by oh so how 
so you mentioned customization early on in the conversation. Um, how does your, you know, the way that you teach, um, one, is it an, is it an, uh, a course that's pre-recorded? Um, do you work with people one-on-one at all or individually like have like se- uh, phone sessions with people? Like how do you take what you do and customize it for an individual? Yeah. So I, I do have a master course, um, and that kind of walks you through the whole process without me there. It's like pre-recorded videos and worksheets and homework and all of that jazz. Right. But then where the most fun for me is coaching one-on-one because I get to know the mom and I get to know the families and we build these relationships. Yeah. It's it's this beautiful thing. You can read a book on neurosurgery, but you kind of want to coach when you actually start doing it. Right. Yes. I wouldn't really compare what I do to neurosurgery, but yes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get to, um, we typically do 90 days of coaching and this, that first week I'm just getting to know them, kind of figuring out what, what their pain points are, what their strong points are, what they really want to be doing with their life, like ways that they feel like they're completely missing the boat. Cause a lot of times when people come to me, there's a lot more negative than it is positive. Right. Yeah. Um, like we're, we've hit the rock bottom. We realize we can't do it all. We're drowning. Yeah. We feel overwhelmed, all the things. And nobody wants to live that way. And so that's where I, that's where I'm normally found is at the end of that. Um, and so to be able to come in and just be like, look, the, this first week, like I typically do a free coaching call and I'm like, okay, right now we're just going to do this one thing for you. Okay. And so for you, it might be laundry. And for another person, it might be the dishes in the sink, that that's the most overwhelming thing. When they wake up in the morning, dishes are piled high. Like it's different for everyone. It's like what gets them. Pick a thread to start unraveling kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, And so let's figure out that one system right now. And then they get to go implement that and see like, oh my gosh, well, that really worked. And then the joy is when after that, and they come back and they're like, I want more of that. And we've got to slowly like peel the layers and, start delegating things out, start taking things off our plate, start automating things and eliminating things. And you feel freer, you feel lighter. Right. And then we have time and the space that we want to be doing of, you know, I have a mom right now who's like, I really want to be writing a book. Another mom that has a ministry for um, people who have had miscarriages and, but Mm -hmm. they don't have time to work on these things. Like they want to be doing these things, but they don't have the time or the space or the energy to be able to do them. And so then we're able to create that space in their lives and allow them to do things that they want to be doing. Um, and that's, it's just, it's so fun. That's it's so terrific. fun to watch their kids learn how to participate in the family, to build that teamwork mentality, um, to have kids who are wanting to help and willing to help is amazing. So that's what I get to do. You sound like a systems analyst. Uh, Picking, picking things apart. Where's the system? Where's the, we'll fix something over here. Okay. Where's the next most, where's the next pain? Okay. Let's go over here and see what's doing that. And we pretty soon, pretty soon we'll have this sucker running like a top, you know, that's very, very systematic. That's very cool. I've never thought of it that way. I like that. That's what I used to do. I was a system analyst, computers and stuff like that. And you're the, the approach. It's funny how the approach can be the same in such different you know, arenas, you know, I never, I never thought to apply it to raising kids. Yeah. You know, running a family. Hmm. Well, coaching, I think one-on-one coaching is my favorite setting too. Hmm. Um, Cause the, the relationships are so, are so much fun and um, it's while you were talking about how you, how you help moms take, you know, find just, let's just find one thing mm-hmm. and work, we'll work on that thing this week or whatever. And then we'll come back and we'll reassess and we'll look at this other thing. And, um, that's something that at least for me in my own life, and I imagine is a similar experience for a lot of people is that when you're, when you're in it, when you're like in the chaos of your own life, it is so difficult, if not impossible, to be an objective outside viewer and to be able to look in and pull apart all of the pieces um, and start systematically going after each one of them in bite-sized chunks, at least for me. If I'm like looking at my life, I'm like, there's 
17 categories yeah. and they all have to happen now or it's going to be like, terrible. Yeah. 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 You get overwhelmed and like, it's just, it's so much harder to pull it apart yourself and systematize it yourself. And it's a lot of mental work. It's a lot of, it, it takes time. Um, and, and you have to like carve out time to do that work, to sit down and try to write the notes and make the system and blah, blah, blah. And like with coaching, like I always say I am a coach because I've had coaches. Like (laughs) I, I know the benefit of outsourcing or delegating all of that mental work to someone who one can see it from a perspective I can't see it in. And two, can, can do it in two minutes flat instead of me trying to carve out hours a week and figure it out myself mm-hmm. because I'm distracted by 800 other pieces of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, coaching, hiring a coach is yet another system <laughs> that people can put into place Ooh, to take a load off. Add me to your system. Yeah. Hmm, okay. I like that. Yeah. That's just what came up for me while you were talking, Laura, was the, was the fact that we're talking about, we're talking about delegating. We're talking about, you know, involving our family and kids and, and, you know, your wider community and friends helping each other because we all have different strengths and the same goes for, for coaches or hiring, hiring professional services. Like what can you Mm -hmm. outsource? Mm -hmm. What can you afford to, so you can take your time and your energy back and, um, show up as the rested, peaceful mm-hmm. human that you want to be for your family and for yourself. And it's yeah. so I'm thinking about that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah. Well, I think that just that emotional piece that we have attached to all these things, it's like going to see a counselor where I think I could probably counsel myself through the scenario if it was somebody else, right? Like mm-hmm. I could totally do that. But I'm ticked about it or I'm angry about it or I'm, I'm done. Like there's just so much emotion there. And so having somebody come in and say like, well, really is like, you're only doing two loads a week. Is it, is laundry really that important? Like let's figure out how we can get this off your plate. Like just able to look at it objectively Uh, without that emotion piece. So, so big. Yeah. Cause I'll suggest something and it's like a very simple but then like, I've never thought of that. I, I don't, I've never thought of that. That's so simple. I'm like, it is very simple and we can just, but there's no emotion there for me. I, I can just see it. And mm-hmm. if it's in my house, I'm sure that there's emotion attached to it. And so, um, yeah. I have lots of opinions about it, you know? And that makes it hard. Being in, being emotional it just kind of automatically disconnects your rational side to some, you know, it's hard to think rationally and calmly when you're upset. You know, so having a uh-huh. having a calm voice to talk to and reframe things, that would be, yeah, get you started, get you calmed down, be very valuable. I love that you mentioned that, that that emotional attachment piece plays such a huge part in it because that, it affects everything. It affects how we parent, like if our... Yeah. Yeah kid acts a certain way it's hard not to like take it personally or feel like we're being attacked or um whatever and that and that plays into how we parent too because when when our child does something directly opposite of either what they have been instructed to do or um, you know, that, you know, that they know better. Um, and, but like, even as adults, we know better, mm-hmm. you know, like I know if I eat this Big Mac, I'm going to feel like yeah. crap tomorrow. Yeah. Do not, <laughs> do not need that bowl of ice cream. Yeah. And yet sometimes I eat the Big Mac <laughs> and I eat my consequences the next day. <laughs> and, um, and our, you know, to expect our two and three and five and even our 16 year olds to have mastered their emotions so they can just be perfectly logical and rational creatures all of the time is, is insane. But it's such a difficult part of parenting because everything they do, we tend to have an emotional attachment of some kind mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. And, and we create meaning around it instead of just being like, oh, this is my kid and they cho- made this choice 
how can we navigate that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hard to subtract yourself from the equation and be logical. It is. It. it is. That's a, that's a real limitation. So that's a skill we all need as parents. That mm-hmm. would be a good skill to work on then, right? Yeah. I love, I love Brene Brown's, um, mm. like how she, she frames everything of like the story I'm making up is this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if that can be our first thought of kind of, because our brains are made for story and we want that. We wanted a complete, a complete scenario, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you threw that rock at my head, I make up that you want me dead. Like that's what, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing right now. And he's like, no, really? I just, I'm angry or whatever. Like if we can kind of separate ourselves and parcel it out as to what, I'm really feeling, I'm feeling this because I'm thinking this and I'm thinking this because of all this history, but really that's not where you are at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't had a kid throw a rock at my head just for the record. I just, that's complicated. Just that. I, mean, I have. <laughs> are you related to him? Not, the kid that they, threw the rock? they were like aiming at my head. They were just throwing rocks in, and general I was direction. in the way. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, I mean, there's uh, like, we do that. We do that with kids. We do that with each other. Mm-hmm. That's a huge part of, of marriage or friendships. Like someone takes some action that has nothing to do with us. They do whatever they're doing because th- they are who they are, or they have a need in the moment or whatever. And, you know, oh my, I don't know. just saying, okay. My husband, Forgot to pick up ice cream on his way home from work. <gasps> and and so then I create the story that he just doesn't care about me and enough. He's not or thinking about me enough. Yeah. He, yeah. Like he, and, and really like he gets home and he's like, he had a patient die that day yeah. and just forgot <laughs> because he's a human being or, you know, um, so it is, it's, 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 uh, separating ourselves from from the stories that we that we write right our spouse didn't write them our kids didn't write that story our kid just did something mm-hmm. impulsively because that's what kids do yeah and then we write a story and we make ourselves feel terrible <laughs> i've got to go back it's and like, reread Brene brown the the book that came to mind for me was the the four agreements and one of which is don't take things personally. It's so hard when someone, especially if you're both upset, someone says something and interpreting what that means and causing, you know, getting yourself to respond to it the way you would like to respond to it ideally, you know, is sometimes a challenge because you get you get wounded and then now it's like, where's my rock? You threw a rock at me. Where's my where's where's a rock? And, uh, that's a, that's a challenge we all have to work on. And it's just that much more complicated with kids because you got all these little people running around testing the fences around you. Laura, is there, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about as far as like what you do or anything like that? I don't think so. But I would love to offer, I have a free chore e-guide that kind of walks you through getting responsibilities in place for your kids. Awesome. We have age-appropriate chores in there and then just kind of the process of how you go about setting that up and how you figure out really what's important to your home. Because okay. you can have your kids dusting the fans every day, but really does that does that bring peace to your home? Or would you, is it better to have them pick up the living room because it's in a main space, right? Yeah. So kind of narrowing that down as to what's important, what do I really want them to learn? And then how we can implement that. That so takes some working through. Thoughts. Yeah, nice. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on your website. So, um, so we'll link your website and any other links um, so people can follow you either on social media or anywhere else, um, and then they can go to your website to you have a, a couple of courses on there, and then you've got that free guide as well, right? Um, okay. And yeah, just tell everybody real quick where they can find you. And then we'll also link all of that in the show notes as well. 
yeah, so Mama Systems on Instagram and Facebook, all the places really. And then um, my website is mamasystems.net. .net, I noticed. Yeah, okay. Good. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I hope that all of the mamas and papas who are trying to make their own lives a little easier, check out your website and download that free guide. And, um, yeah, I think I'm going to, I was going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up your master course here. That's pretty reasonable. Call Laura. She'll help you. She'll help you get squared away. Yeah. It would be so fun too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura. And uh, for everybody else out there, happy parenting and good luck. Thank you, guys. Be well. Bye. Well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.